Welcome to the Abstract Doctors Podcast. Today, Dr. G and Dr. C speak with CEO and founder of Business Improv, actor, writer, comedian, and author, Bob Colhan. For more information on Bob, please visit bobcolhan.com. Visit the Abstract Doctors for information and upcoming podcasts. The Abstract Doctors Podcast. The doctors are in. Open up your mind and say ah. Welcome to the Abstract Doctors. Hey, Dave, we got a great guest on today. But what? I want to, yeah, what got, man. Yep, but I got. I want to start off with a little story. All right. So I'm traveling to Rochester, Minnesota, the place where everybody wants to be, and take their oral boards now. I typically do okay with written tests, but I got a, I used to have a real problem with oral examination. That and sounds a little this, weird right away. Are we going, are this going to stick straight or what? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so the examiner shows me this picture and it's a leg of an amputee and it's not, wasn't one of my strengths. I was nervous about it. Now the brain is a funny thing. Bob, do you know where he's going with this? No. I'm excited. I, I know. Okay, I, I just want to say I like it though. Yeah, like the brain it. is a funny thing, and has he shown that picture to a six-year-old and just asked the six-year-old, "Does this person have a knee?" The six-year-old would have gotten it correct. However, we were at the Mayo Clinic taking my board examinations, and he was asking, "Can you tell me what prosthetic prescription you'd write for this gentleman?" Blah blah blah. Got it. And word salad just started coming out of my mouth and he stopped me and he asked me to take a closer look at the picture and I literally leaned in sweat dripping and thinking I'm screwing up word salad comes out some more he says okay he's really trying to help me why don't you take a minute go over to the window I go over to the window and the only thing I can go through my head is I'm screwing up and so uh, I come back and I continue to screw up that portion of the uh, oral examination. So anyway, so I leave uh, feeling a little humbled and um, driving and fly back to Atlanta. And the commons area to eat is just packed and there's no place to sit. And there's a guy there wearing a sombrero. So I'm it's coming to be Bob. Now I get it. I got it. All not right. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So, 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 uh, I go, yes, I know it's drawn out, but it's good. Does Bob not have knees? What, what's, where are we going with this thing? I like it. Though. So, right. so the right. point was, I kept saying a prosthetic prescription for somebody who didn't have a knee, and he was looking for somebody who did have a knee, right. and I was getting it all wrong. Okay. But right. I want to go sit down, and I see a guy with a sombrero, and I go sit with him. Turns out, He's the bass player for Chris Isaac. And I end up seeing a great show down a couple months later uh, for Chris Isaac. So one more of the story is don't fear the sombrero. All right. Yeah. And then uh, a couple Ohio years State. later. Is that an Ohio State reference? What does yes, that mean? It is. Yes, oh, it is. Okay. And then, and then another person I met at the airport. This happens to be the Charlotte airport. This better be Bob. Is Bob. Okay. Thank God. And Bob. <laughs> I'm drawing the link now to thinking clearly under pressure. So Bob has a business that I'd like to learn more about. And it's, uh, I believe it's business improv. And personally, Dr. C, 
Uh, I think improv is possibly one of the most scary and difficult things that won't hurt you. And I think every resident, every student there or in college in the freshman year should take an improv class and just be done with it. Oh, just yeah. be done with all that fear and move on. So big segue to you, Bob. Take it away. Wow. That was wow. All right. Yeah. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of turns. I, I, I love it. I'm not Bob, by the way. But all right, Bob, tell us about business improv. It sounds cool. It sounds like how you unleash creativity. Hit us with it, man. Let's well, you know, uh, we'll find out, I guess, in this yeah, interview. I'm coming in hot. I, we came straight on air. I didn't even know that. So this is this is the embracing improvisation in of real course. time. So uh, I don't have any sombreros. I, I realize now that's the first thing I'm going to walk away from this conversation, understanding that I, everybody needs more sombreros. I think just as a whole, right? Uh, so business improv. Uh, I'm a professional improviser from Chicago. Been performing improv for 26 years. You mentioned calendars behind me that would still have improv shows on to them had the hands of fate allowed it. Uh, the last 21 of those 26 years been extracting the tenets of improv that would otherwise be used to produce comedy and have been redirecting them to business. I got adjunct status at Columbia Business School as well as Duke Fuqua and then work with a lot of great business schools, Wharton and UCLA and um, the list will go on. And then work with a lot of great business people. And the way that I link improv to business is through the behavioral sciences, behavioral psychology, cognitive psychology, org theory, behavioral economics, decision-making models. And so what we do is create high energy up on your feet experiential learning and then link it to real world outcomes by pinning it down through the sciences and then focusing on uh, to the point before like communication, collaboration, connection, engagement, agility, leadership, etc. Uh -huh. Very cool. And, and, and Bob, are you doing that? Uh, are, are, is the focus to kind of do that throughout the entire business process, like, like at the meetings that they're thinking? Or are you speaking more of the ability to kind of think on your feet and be flexible when you're with clients or when you're, so is it the whole thing or is it, because, you know, I've, I've certainly seen both ends of that. Most business meetings don't have a lot of impro improvisation in them. Um, presentations um, can benefit from that, but, but, but tell me a little bit more, more about those that are successful and those that aren't with that. Absolutely. So to answer your question directly, it's the whole yeah. kit and caboodle. I mean, you compartmentalize it to meetings, you know, what's going on in the meeting, communication, yeah. collaboration, creativity, divergent thinking, convergent thinking, leveling status, yeah, yeah. putting psychological safety so that people are just sharing, talking yeah. with each other. Yeah. You can move that to relationship building. So how are we dealing with uh, internal stakeholders, external stakeholders, consumers, clients, patients? Uh, peers, you know, and that leads to uh, being focused, present in the moment, truly listening, listening to understand, not just listening to say what you're going to say. So this then links to wow. mindfulness, this links to empathy and emotional intelligence. And then, of course, you mentioned presentations. So this could be storytelling or agile storytelling, uh, dealing with unexpected questions, dealing with um, technology breaking down, you know, Murphy's Law is everywhere. <laughs> authenticity in pitching, personality, humor, all of that type of uh, uh, extension. And then, you know, pretty much everything in between each one of those buckets. So you're trying to turn business people into well-rounded, functioning human beings? Yeah. No. Awesome. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what you're describing, right? You're just, I mean, you know, what you're talking about is going on, has been going on in the healthcare industry for 20 years, and they keep bringing in consultants 
to kind of teach people to be normal and to be empathetic and open and to, to realize that you're working in a safe space and, you know, you should respect you know, all these things. And, and every time people like think like that person is amazing. Oh, they, they, I'm like, that person is acting like a fully formed, secure human being, right? Who knows what they're talking about, but is also open to divergent thinking. You know, and, and people are so amazed at consultants. Now, the, the, the question is, what's your leave behind? Because you're, you're obviously outgoing. You got the, you know, ENTJ personality thing going on. We get all that. But what happens is there's a little bit of a, of a boost. People yeah. kind of begin to communicate more effectively. You know, maybe a couple people actually get it. But in general, time passes. And yes. Bob's, Bob's box, which you've left behind or folder, sits on the shelf next to other people's. And, you know, if you're lucky, they'll call you back in six months to do a temperature check and maybe a, a booster shot. But but how do you keep it going without, you know, having mini bobs uh, uh, left behind? Dr. C, this is a great question. And this is what we focus on. Yeah. So key differentiators for, from business for business improv from any other improv house in the country is focusing on applicability transferability and sustainability uh -huh. and not just as buzzwords as yeah. for me it's a zero-sum proposition we do the job or we don't do the job because if there's a gray area of like yeah you kind of did it that means we failed yeah so what we do specifically in the programs itself as experiential learning we teach people how to ride a bicycle and that's the focus of every program it's going to be high energy it's going to be learning how to ride a bicycle and that bicycle is business improv techniques for personal and professional development, authenticity. That's what we're driving to because how you're gonna use it is gonna be different than how perhaps a senior uh, executive in pharma is gonna use it yeah. or different than somebody in sales in pharma is gonna use it or somebody creative is gonna use it. So we have to drive to that authenticity. And the, by learning by riding a bike, experiential learning, learning yeah, yeah. doing, what we're trying to do is ultimately get to unconscious competence. Right. So muscle memory. And so it's really through these types of reps that we put people in the position to embody it on a different level. And then we'll pin it down, like I said, with the, the high level stuff and the, the stuff that gets the hamster that powers your brain running on the wheel a little bit, thinking like, OK, and then always linking it to that. Well, how are you going to use it in real life? What are you going to do with this? And so we approach this from a lot of different angles to strengthen that learning and then that pull through exists in everything from the the, the book uh oh there it is yes yeah, i can super yes, subtle can. yeah oh nice yes and the art of business improv that's a stanford university press book and the only reason i reference that is because you can't write a fluff piece for most university presses let alone you know stanford so it's pinned down in the behavioral sciences it's very prescriptive so you can keep that skill set up we got the short bursts that you can just follow our newsletter yeah. and you'll get little micro learnings, little videos, you'll get cheat sheets or hack sheets or cliff notes of this is actually how you do it virtually. For example, this is how you lead meetings virtually. This is how you build relationships. Right. If you have two sure. minutes to do it, use these techniques. Yeah. Yes, please. No, and oh, go ahead, Ron. Sombrero story. <laughs> he's, he's on mute. This is, this is uh, like, improv. Yeah, this is the best question yeah, I've yeah. had so American far. American Sign Language would work right okay. now. Let's improv. Okay. This is a simple one. This is simple. Let's go into the like the conflicts in relationship with your mother and how that your affects Bob's your mother. With, yes. And how that affects <laughs> your voting on issues like abortion 
and the current presidential race, the simple ones, little things like that. When you get those simple questions like that, that um, how, how are you going to handle that? Well, first of all, you should A completely inappropriate, vague question. Yeah. So if somebody brings to the table baggage is what you're talking about. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, I get that all the time. And I get it not only with those types of questions that potentially are intentionally challenging. Like people are like, you're an improviser. Yeah. Dance for me. Come on, monkey, right. dance. And like, <laughs> so you can actually see, you, you can see. <laughs> bring it, bring it, bring yeah. it, bring That's it. all you got? That's all you got? I succeed on. on the highest stages in Chicago. I mean, that's where, when I yeah. left Chicago, I was on the best, biggest stages. If I can succeed there, like, what? what is this question? Right, so, right, right, well, right. Me, I look forward to it. Cause I'm like, oh, you're gonna give me something I haven't heard already. Right. Come on, come on. Right. Let's, let's. I got. I got another question. Wait, he didn't answer. Hold on. I want to. I want to get the oh. answer. Hold on, oh. man. Answer. Yeah. All, All right. right. So he's bringing their baggage thing. to a meeting. Yeah. Somebody's bringing the baggage. Uh, first thing, uh, think slow to move fast. It's an old school Chicago mm-hmm. improv thing. You get it ingrained in your head right away. So when you get, instead of panicking or getting that um, yeah. impulse decision making where you have, you feel, feel like you have to respond quickly. I'm a baseball fan, so take a couple of pitches. Just if you're in the box, just catch the pitcher out, you know, assess it. What's the ball? How's the ball movement? And then you swing. Once you've tracked it all, you've got the timing down, you, you understand it. Because no one's going to remember you taking a couple of pitches. Right. Everyone's going to remember the hit, extra bases, home run. You know, that's what they're going to remember ultimately. So controlling yourself is part of the whole thing. And then the next thing is, I often dismiss it by starting with, yes, and like, yes, I hear you. I may not agree with you. That's not what yes is. Yes is not agreement. Yes is, I hear you. I'm trying to understand you. And you can bridge that in a couple. You can bridge that in a point counterpoint. You could bridge that to directly answering the question. You could bridge that from to a tangent that you're not, you're, you know, you're being very political with the whole thing and just sidestepping the question altogether. Uh, what I've found, though, ultimately, is as it relates back to authenticity, people like those direct answers. And if you have to push back on somebody pushing back on you, you can get a lot of respect, especially as you think globally. You know, that's some some cultures really respect that at a high level. And so it's there's just different ways to yeah. approach a situation. There's more than one way to hit a pinata. We'll and we should practice it. Yeah, absolutely. Practice, 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 practice. A- absolutely. If you're going to get to unconscious competence, you know, muscle memory, the only way to get there is practice. Well, well as a big fan of, of, of improv, watching improv, it's, it, it certainly seems like, like the, 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 the cast, the crew, they've got 20 standard approaches to almost anything that they're pulling out. And you know they, they've got a wheel in, in their group or in their mind, and and they're spinning off of that wheel. Whether the wheel is Trump, whether the wheel is you know some uh, environmental thing, it's still it's still you know a a set of core kind of approaches to it. Which is with enough experience, you, you get it. Just like if you do enough run enough Zoom meetings, you start to figure out how to do it. But 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 really, there's no magic. That's that people are looking for some magic. You weren't born with improv in your brain. You know, your, your brain, if we imaged you now, would look different. But when you were born, it was about the same. And something about your upbringing, something about, you know, uh, uh, experiences you had, your training shaped that, you know. And obviously you've had, let's just, I'm be generous. You've had 40 years to, to I don't know how old you are, but you had 40 years to. 49. I'm 40. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah 40 I, got, I, I have yeah. no shame. Yeah, you had 49 years to. I'm get happy I made it this long. Right. But, but but someone isn't going to ride their bicycle as well as you do 
you know, after a couple sessions. And, and one of the thing is take off the training wheels, be aware that you can give a bad lecture or run a bad business meeting and still be a good business person and leader. And, and also don't be ashamed. If you give a bad improv performance or mediocre one, you want to go back and do the after action and say, what could I have done better without beating yourself up? Right. I mean, that's the, and people are afraid to do that. Oh, absolutely. You know, all right. So uh, a couple of ways to approach this strategic failure, you know, right place, right time. I'm going to go in there and try these techniques out and I'm going to do it in a in this safe environment, internal stakeholders. This is just a regular meeting. I'm just going to presentation wise, just uh, yeah. have deal what the bullets are. I'm not going to even have any slides. I'm not going to have any notes. I'm just going to yeah. keep it very conversational. And then afterwards, to your point, assess it, assess it on your own, get peer review. How did I do? This is what I was yeah. going for. What's going on? And it's through that those reps because you're right. I wasn't born with this ability. I mean, there is some innate part of me that I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I knew that. Middle but- child, middle child, middle child. Yeah, 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 yeah. All improvs are middle child. You want attention, man? Yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the youngest one's the baby. The oldest right. one's always in trouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> so but, 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 uh, do you do something uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to suck up to Garbo a little bit, but do you do something to measure folks before like an engagement? Now that you've been doing this for so long, you got a successful company, a yes and book, you know, people are very, ja- you know, it used to be Myers-Briggs for everybody, right. but, but, but now there are somewhat more, more subtle and more physiologic things that we can look at. I mean, I would do fMRIs and kind of see how the brain exploded because it's going to change. Yes. You know, the brain changes with with a with any kind of meaningful experience. It may not be permanent change, but you're going to start to see it bend in a cool direction with greater connectivity. That's the sexy word now in imaging. You've got greater connectivity, you know, like the brain, the cells aren't different, but the way they interact. And I mean, you could use that as an analogy for a team. The yeah. team is still the same, whether it's a sports team or a business team, but how they're working together and how they're interacting and how often they touch base. Like, like it, you, you don't have to wait until your final presentation to bring it to your team, right? right? You want to iterate it and have your team give in. But not only does it make it better, but then by the time the team hears it, they hear a part of themselves, and, and like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, because you told me about that piece. They forget that. But, but anyway, but, but, but do you do something at the very beginning of an engagement to say, well, you guys are a desert of improv and you guys don't really have, you know, the connectivity. And then afterwards, your heart rate variability is all in sync or whatever it is. Just to See, get- all right. So I, I would love to partner with you guys on something like that, which is our conversation, which, by the way, Ron, it's uh, uh, three years ago to the day. That we had a conversation, or well, Portland Airport eighth, the eighth. No, the, a phone conversation. Oh, okay. Right. A follow-up phone conversation. Oh, it's on your calendar. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not, see, these aren't current calendars. This is <laughs> my entire life. Is that your birth, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I'm just like, nice. Right. In nice. utero, ex utero. Yeah. I just I like to track the past. Nice. I yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, next. So we do, we have done uh, things like surveys. We were very familiar with a, a number of different, you know, Myers-Briggs, Berkman, yeah. personality, behavior assessments. Uh, we've actually even gone and done data analytics as well. From the beginning through a longer process, 
Uh, this was actually uh, with a, a big biopharma organization. We were there for eight months and worked with a senior leadership team and started at the top, watched it, watched it all the way through and when it was done. They got a tangible takeaway that said, this proves that we change behavior and change culture with yeah. what we do. So we're very comfortable with all of, not all of them, we're very comfortable using tests, using surveys, using assessments to back up what we do. In truth though, the majority of our partners and our clients don't ask for that. They'll see it, they're, really? they're assessing it by watching the behavior change as yeah. opposed to. It, if I could add something, uh, so healthcare is just full of conflict. <laughs> yes. And if when your head is clear, if you think through the conflicts, what I always tell people is don't look at policies, don't look at laws, look at values. And so if I take my own health system, we have four values. They're, they're like do no harm, respect, kindness, and so forth. And they almost always clap. There's a clash between one of those values or with productivity. And so, so that's now simplified the conflict. And what I would say about 15 years of my career, conflict would be, this most simplified way is opioid kindness versus opioid safety. Now, when I put it in those terms, I see the 50 different ways that can come at me. But when I'm in the hyper arousal fight or flight impulsive, I got to clear my head to see what the value conflict. So that simplification when your head is clear and then a technique so Ron Johnson with the abstract athlete art with, uh, with you, sir, uh, it's improv with me. It's the training wheels of, of breathing to shift physiology, to get to mindfulness, but there's yet another step that's improv. That's an even, you know, that's again, I say it's the most, it's the scariest thing that won't hurt you. It uh, won't hurt you. Yes. But it's beyond scary. If you had all the residents, Dr. C coming in and you, you said uh, the first day of the residency, you said, well, we're having an improv class today. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's essentially allowing creativity to come in and, and, and recognizing that there's not a bad way to paint or like, like, like when I took guitar lessons, I swear my guitar teacher would be like, just he'd strum randomly. And, and like, at first it didn't sound very good. He did it five times a He goes, you know, that's starting to sound like a song. He's like, yeah. Music is just your ears, hearings, patterns in songs, all right, in, 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 in music. And, and there's nothing magical about it. Said so we as a culture in the US believe that this pentatonic scale somehow sounds better. But if you play this, a, a, a seven, you know, the, the, the seven chords that they play in the Arabian, in, in, in Middle East, doesn't sound as good to us. But if you hear it enough, you start to think it's good and it's creative. And he was doing this. I'm like, like, that's the most amazing song. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't have thought so two minutes ago because I planted in your head that what I'm doing is good. And you believe that I am a leader. I am a, am an, a, a, a leader of improv. So I'm in front of you doing things that you think are amazing. In reality, if you, if you look objectively, what I'm doing is just making things up. And, and you, you like me. You've paid me. You respect me. I smile nice. Whatever it is you think that what I'm saying is somehow meaningful and it gets meaning from that itself, which is what the cool thing about improv, you know, separately, is it really, you know, standalone? Is it anything? I don't know. But in the context of how you're doing it, 
You're like, that's amazing. He took the first name of the six first six women and he made it into a, you know, a, a mouthwash that people, you know, whatever it is. I'm like, oh, I'm like outside of the improv class. I'm like, what the hell is that? So, so far, the, the so, so, what? So, so far, don't yeah. fear the sombrero. Bob doesn't need to leave little Bob's behind when he <laughs> leaves a company. And I learned pentatonic. Yeah, yeah, it's very important. I grew up, even though I grew up in the Arab world and genetically yeah. maybe favored a different type of music, Seven. I grew up in a pentatonic world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what we live in. No, and it, but, but, but I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, improv is creativity. And this, this, this podcast is supposed to be about how do we bring creativity into wellness? All right. Because, you know, most, most people think, uh, and, and, you know, I like to think of myself as an improv kind of doc physician because most physicians they you know you wear a white coat listen to your heart they give you a couple pills and you check a blood value right and, i didn't do any of those things my my bar for everything and i'll give it up to you bob here in a second my bar for everything with relationships or, or whatever is are you healthier after that experience or relationship and i would submit to you the people that work with bob likely okay. to answer the question that they are healthier yeah after they've practice and work with you is that fair if you're asking me there's there's truth to that uh you know how long that lasts i think depends on how much people embrace it because i mean even in the virtual world so business improv has been focusing on going virtual for 10 years now and we've mm -hmm. been delivering just shy of four years through this specific medium of of zoom and what we're hearing now is different than what we heard three, four years ago, because we're taking dysfunctional virtual teams and making them functional. And so that's one style of affecting people. Are you better now than where you were before? Absolutely. Individually, they're better because collectively they're better. They're, they're talking with each other. They're communicating with each other. They're collaborating with each other. They're listening to each other. They're connecting with each other. Now what we're hearing, because morale is such a huge issue presently, you know, and stress is manifesting itself in different ways. Even with our, our stress behaviors that we'll go to, it's a different scenario when you're forced into a stay at home office on a regular basis. And when you go out, you're afraid for a variety of different reasons. So what we're hearing is that the short burst is making a pretty big difference. And that's becoming very memorable because there's a lot of stuff done virtually that's pretty flat. It's pretty bland. And a lot of people... I think are dangerously incorrect thinking that they could take whatever was very successful in on-site engagements and then just block, stick it in a virtual medium and think that people are like, Ooh, this is magical. It, it's not it, for most people. You have to deliver it in a different way. So these little bursts then become strong memories for people because they're seeing so much flat stuff out there that it, it resonates. Going back though to conflict, Ron, that you mentioned before, you know, I love the breathing. I love the, the, the just keeping your head clear because that is improvisation as well. Improvisation at its core is a communication and collaboration based art form. You know, you have to communicate and collaborate. Even solo improvisers, you'll do it with the audience. The audience will act as your team and you'll go back and forth adjusting what they're doing. Otherwise, you're on stage with chairs. That's it and people. 
and the chairs are not going to give you a whole lot. So you're really feeding off of each other. So really, we become important to each other. There's a phrase called words are gold, meaning specifically, you don't just give gold to everybody. You give gold to specific people for specific reasons. And that means what they're giving you is valuable. So you really take that time to take it in. And as this relates to conflict, then the techniques of business improv specifically are fabulous as it relates to uh, managing your own emotions, managing your counterparts emotions and building a joint problem solving solution. You take those three Bill Urey getting to know, getting past no rather focuses, and you can bring those to life with these techniques. And you know, that's how you know, people think creativity, since that was the focus. By the way, I thought the focus of this program was my calendars. Well, so yeah. <laughs> how, how creative they aren't. Yeah, confused. <laughs> um, if we're really talking about bringing creativity to wellness, people have, I think, a misconnotation of creativity that they think it's only a book or only music, you know, the pentatonic scale, guitars, whatever it might be. It's only art that you paint or draw. And that's not true. It's how you manage problems. It's how you deal with the unexpected. It's how you talk to people. You know, there's creativity in a simple conversation that you thought you were going down a path and all of a sudden you were open enough to take a turn and another turn and another turn. And next thing you know, you're sitting next to somebody in the North airport Carolina. without a sombrero on. Right, right. Exactly. Wishing that I had recognized that Maybe. guy or asked him about a sombrero so I can get yeah. some free tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So there's creativity yeah. everywhere. And yes, some of the outputs definitely are entertainment based. They're not, that's not 100% though. You know, podcast is. Well, well, if you, if you can find, if you can get business per people and, 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 you know, let's include uh, medical people in that. So we all feel. I wish it was less of a business and more of the art form that, that I was trained in, but it's a business now. Right. But, but, but if you can take those folks and take them from a point of rigidity, whether it's actually in a cubicle like is behind me in this picture, that's a rigid structure, or whether it's just how they think of uh, the hierarchy of a meeting or of, a, of an office space or, of, or, or even how we've always done Zoom, we've always done meetings in either 30 minutes or an hour, right? So why are we still doing that virtually? Why are we still picking 30 minutes or an hour? I mean, I get... You can divide it into 16 or eight blocks if you're a moron, you know. I'm like, yeah, but but really, do we need an hour virtually or even 30 minutes to get a point across or to get a, you know, in your case, to revaccinate, to keep a contemporary or get a booster shot of creativity and, and, and you know, and, and uh, um, uh, the, the improv. Do we need an hour to do this? I would rather have 10 minute burst, you know, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're 22, you want 12 seconds of TikTok, but as a business type person, maybe you want 15 minutes to get re-immunized or to take a challenging problem and put it into the improv Zoom, all right? Put it into the blender of improv and don't expect anything to come out of it but a mishmash, but the process might get you someplace. I mean, that's the thing is business meetings don't have, I, 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 I actually, right before this call, I was on a call with my ultimate business CEO, dude who's a nice guy but every meeting we've got to read before the meeting starts the agenda mm. and talk about what's on even though like it's a piece of paper right like it, it's not like a bible right you know we're looking at it and and he will then go around the room and make sure everybody in the room understands and agrees what's on the agenda 15 minutes into the meeting we are on this all right and it's and it's so pain and everybody but everybody goes along with this guy because he's a 
serial entrepreneur who's made hundred million dollars. I'm like, yeah, but I, I think, I don't think this is, I think he would have made a billion if he didn't use the agenda method, you know, <laughs> but, but I do it because, you know, I'm respectful that that's his. Are that's you, his. are you really? I, no, I, I'm not, I, I do it. Dude, I've been doing this for seven years with this guy and I'm still doing it, right? I, I, I do need to breathe and drink alcohol afterwards. Uh, but, 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 but what have you found? Are there any trends shifting away from, you know, just taking a structured in-person meet a uh, business setting and making it a zoom setting, you know, is not, is not, a, is not innovative. What, what, how have you innovated? What have you found? Then we're going to go back to how do you measure people before and after we can talk about that, but, but how have you found that bump? So I would think, all right, first, uh, business improv has always been virtual. New York, Chicago, LA, you can see I'm working in my home office, which was my office office before it was called a home office. Um, so we use these techniques. First, I would say, though, that you need foundation. So you, you might need that longer training, which longer is TBD, what that actually means, and it's very subjective. However, what we're talking about is foundational blocks. If everybody's not operating and building off of the same foundational blocks, then what are you building off of? You know, let's start yeah. there. So it's going to be next to impossible to um, erect architecture for sustainable success without that foundation. Now, once you have that foundation, though, to your point, yeah, you can have these little burst meetings. If everybody knows what that purpose in the meeting and what's expected of everybody, because those expectations do have to be really clear. It doesn't mean once you get in the meeting, you review the expectation past a minute. No, I would say like, hit it and then move on, get to the point of that meeting. And these little short bursts not only can increase, they will increase um, engagement because that's a big thing that a lot of people are like, how do I get people engaged? Well, yeah. define the rules of engagement, first of all. What's the law of the land? And then hold people accountable. So if people are not paying attention, they're multitasking, you know, somebody's got to metaphorically slap their hand and be like, mm -mm. no, you're in this meeting or you're not in the meeting. Yep. You can't yep. So you choose which direction you want to go so optimize your time. Otherwise, if you're here, this is how you're supposed to behave and then hit it. And then you have to lead by example. I'm like this is 15 minutes. This is what we need to do in 15 minutes. And this is why we're going to operate at this pace. Everybody lean in, everybody get ready to talk and let's ideate, let's communicate, let's deconstruct this thing. Let's do a quick 360 on this. Are we hitting this approach the way that we need to? And this goes for everybody across the board because look, Oh gosh, so many different directions we could take this one. Go back to residents. You know, it is that ability to connect really fast and engage and listen while you're doing that as well. Going into biopharma sales now with people who cannot necessarily go face to face with doctors whose attention they need to get. How do you do that in this like little less than three minute burst? This little connection. So that setup and that preparation is imperative to breaking the planning, breaking the plans rather. The planning is everything, plans are useless, right? Eisenhower. So it's, you know, bust the- bust Did, did the, he say that before becoming president? Was that like when he hit the beach or was it after, do you know? I think it was, I think it was like during the beach. He was like, well, my plan's uh, out the window. Uh, my right. planning was good though. Ooh, I should write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I think the ultimate test of success is that after you've, you've finished your, your sessions, people look forward to the engagement, look yes. forward to the, the, the physician that really doesn't want to hear the spiel about how good the new drug is, is kind of saying, no, but I know that he's going to bring some value for three minutes. Forget about the Danish that, you know, whatever it is, he, he or she is actually going to 
you know, share something with me, whether it's, if, you know, information or whether it's just a pleasantry, that engagement is going to be there. Obviously, you know, you, you want to not just have fun meetings, you want to have productive ones, but that would be a test because I'm sure if you ask beforehand, what, you know, do you look forward to going to, to, to team meetings? Do you look forward to, you know, to spend, you know, and they're going to say no, but ultimately, wouldn't it be great if they could say, well, when I'm starting to hit a, hit a, hit something or to get to check in or to get reinvigorated, we have a 15 minute burst meeting and it opens it up again. You know, I mean, you know, you could argue that the meeting could be as simple as breathing together for 10 minutes or doing artwork together or, or you know, singing Kumbaya for, for 10 minutes. And then that's all you needed to unleash, you know, the piece. But, but I do think that would be a great metric is what are your thoughts about team meetings and, and you know, group process beforehand and afterwards? Because that's one of the things you're trying to improve, you know, Absolutely. you know, as an area. But again, you know, sadly, functional, FM, functional MRI scans would be the gold standard because you would see so much greater connectivity after your engagement. It would be great. I mean, you could also look at serum cortisol levels before and after. No, what? Well, because people are going to be stressed. Right? HRV. What? I, well, yeah, I'm going to get there, man. I'm building. Okay. All right. I'm building. I, if I jump right into HRV, people think I'm trying to sell this shit. All right, man. No, it's about, but really serum cortisol levels will tell us, is this person coming into engagements in a stressed way? Are, are, there, are they elevated? Are they kind of, and you don't want them to be at a heightened level. You would rather them be, as Ron will tell us, it kind of, we, we want them kind of in sync and just chilling into a perfectly ready to explode with energy and ideas, but not coming like that into the meeting. You want them to be in a great place, open, you know, aware, engaged. And then if they need to bring it because their HRV is perfectly in sync, which Ron will tell us, or because their serum cortisol level is at a normal, it's not elevated. You know, if I'm about to give a big speech or a thing, if I'm not in my groove, I'm going to be up here. You know, oh, let's take a beta blocker. Well, you're doing that because your 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 serum cortisol's high and your blood pressure's high. I mean, that is not a good solution for people that have anxiety speaking in public. Like, really? Like, you know, and, and I mean, essentially, you're saying, you know, you're on fire. Throw some water on it. Why fix Why fix the wires in your house? Just keep throwing water on your house every now and then. Imagine if that was our treatment. Yeah, you know, the electrician, I don't like the wires in your house. You better water down your walls. Every it was. But I'll pass it to Ron and then back to you, Bob. But that would be a lovely way to see where are they sitting in their heart rate variability before you engage with them and taught them to kind of be open to ideas and and, and welcome new opportunities and threatening situations. Yes. That's how you grow as a company and as a salesperson or as a physician. Well, thank you, Dave. I'm there for you, babe. Um, to, and to dovetail what Bob said earlier about listening, listening in conflict is difficult. And so I, I want to give a tip on listening in conflict. And really, the real skill, does the society need to learn a little bit more about de-escalating as opposed to escalating, right? Yes. So, That's your next I, book, Bob, Yescalating. <laughs> that title. Copyright. Uh, Copyright. I know. So, so what I would say, whether it's a physician who looks at their patient schedule and they see five or six people that are in conflict every visit, or you're in business and you continually have an employee or a boss that you're in conflict. 
I would say the shortcut to listening, I would say anger is just petulant fear. That it's fear that- What the hell does petulant mean though, really? Right? What is, you know, I, 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 Dave, Dave, I want to broaden your vocabulary. You go I, look it up. I will look at, I'm like a petulant. It sounds good. Yeah. So, so really when you're listening to somebody list, then when I work with a basketball coach or whomever, listen long enough till you hear the fear word. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm terrified. I'm worried. Do not get hooked by you're a jerk. This is stupid. You're ugly whatever breathe through that till you hear the fear word say it back in a different way that you heard it and you will just watch yes physiologically yes. how once someone's heard how it comes down yeah Take it's away. a basic human desire to be understood or at least believe that people understand us. And so just showing that, as we talked about before, links to empathy, use that two word phrase, yes, and Ron, to get to that point of taking that breath. So yes, is I hear you. It's not, I agree with you. Let's be as clear as possible about that. Because a lot of people will think yes, and is like, oh, I got to take what you're doing and build on it. And then I have a bad idea and I'm just going to waste a lot of time. No, no. Yes is I'm trying to understand you on your terms. I'm trying to uh, get to the point that I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say next. I'm really taking it in because you cannot, you cannot disengage if you're using yes and. You have to be present. You have to be in the moment. You have to listen attentively. So that now think slow to move fast is this is how you slow the brain down. It's yes, I hear you. And if I'm understanding you correctly, this is what you're saying to me, or this is how I'm interpreting what you're saying. And you can even say yes, I, I understand you, and this is why it's important that you understand me as well. So you can still disagree with each other. Yeah. Like I said, this is yeah. great for slowing the brain down. Be patient. Right. You know that a self audit. Recognize what you're doing. Recognize what people are doing. So I've spent 15 years in opioid kindness versus opioid safety conflict. 15 years. I'm right. The fifth vital sign's gone. But did that do me any good? Uh, being angry, being a jerk, uh, getting a heart arrhythmia. No, what I would say to myself is that's a waste of energy. You can still be right um, that it was a dangerous period, um, but I don't have to waste as much energy. I can think clear. I can be nicer. I can live the values I want to live. And I can have do fun podcasts and meet fun people who are. Let it go, man. Let who, it go. Who, who make Idina Menzel, man. Let it who, go, baby. Who, 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 after you meet them and work with them, you are healthier than you were before. And that's the bar. That's the bar for any daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> that's the bar. Is he healthy for you? That's yeah. it. That's the only thing I get to comment on. So instead of taking the elevator down the wrong way, take the escalator, right? No elevators, just the escalator. escalator. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, Ron, I, I think off air, you should absolutely talk about, about, you know, how to use a simple version of HRV before some of the, you know, his, his engagements and after. I mean, you could use, you could still use paper and pencil and stuff, but, you know, it's the lowest cost probably approach to something truly physiologic. Yep. You know, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, it would be ideal if the people wore it for a couple of days in advance 
I get that. But but yeah. even if they just did it, you know, this just did a, a, a simple, you know, some rhythm, you know, in the office 15, that would be, I mean, if you got 20 of the employees or a hundred of them doing that, they're all going to, it's all going to be better. I mean, you're going to, and, and they will see the improvement in sleep cycling and their, in their resiliency to stressors in the office, because even though I, I don't know exactly what happened to the, 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 what's the me one, me two movement. I'm not sure where we are in that. I hope it's still going on, but those, sadly, those things are still happening in businesses, even virtually, probably more we're going to find because you can get away with more virtually, you know, in this setting. So I think it's still happening, but you know, it needs to be wiped out and let's hope Nevada turns blue so we, we can actually move forward with the Me Too world. But, 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 but importantly, you know, um, you know um, how do you build a resiliency? So if someone does do inappropriate things, Me Too or otherwise, A, you're not thrown for a loop, or B, you can respond just like that heckler or that person that throws Bob the hardest, you know, they think it's the most challenging. Oh, you've, you've got no eyes and you're driving a ship on the moon. Oh, how do you improv that? I'm like, really? That's what you got? That's it? <laughs> There's no light on the moon anyway, babe. It's it's nighttime. Who cares, right? But 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 you know, I mean, but but that, that those techniques would be valuable. But showing that they were better in their HRV, you, you'd wow the executives. They love this stuff, you know. And the reason is, you know, the NBA is using it. The NCAA is using NHL. They're all using these same electrophysiologic measures to get their players and their coaches to a level where they're ready for action all the time. You know, you know, they look like they're chill and they're, and they are, but they can quickly go because they've got so much resiliency. I'm, this is, this is what Ron lives for. So I'm kind of helping that, but, but, but this would be a really good, it doesn't even, you don't even need a sports analogy. I mean, it's a healthcare analogy. I mean, HRV can diagnose concussions in combat, can diagnose people with chronic post-traumatic stress disorder and more than diagnose because that's a way overrated thing i can give you i can give you 12 diagnoses right now it can also be used to to get them well and to give the person ownership to give the person you're giving your consult to ownership over how they're feeling how they're doing and and they will be able to say i not only look better feel better but i'm my physiology is better and people love that stuff I love that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, there'd be a quick yes and for me is to, to find that partnership. How would you do that, though, in a, the virtual world right now? You might as well give him like a juicy fastball, 85 out of fast, right down the center. Yeah. Okay, all right, here we go. I'll, I'll put it on the tee for you. I'll give you a T-ball with a softball. So how would you do this without having the person in your office, without having them face-to-face? Ron Garbo. He's on mute. Isn't that perfect? Yeah, nah. See, the, the, the softball <laughs> deflated. Swing and a miss. Oh, what is happening? I would use remote wearable technology yes. with secure platforms, with creative software and great coaching. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'm about to get an aura ring through the mail, uh, which is which is a way of measuring these elements. So, and and it's you know it's Bluetooth anywhere you like, and you know they can ha and 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 they have cheaper versions that you can just have you know just for, uh, just for your sh uh, for your engagement, and you can reuse them. If you send it to them in advance, give them a week of wearing, you'd have so much data. So before and after, it's crazy. But. Yeah. But the, the problem with heart rate variability is there are so many rabbit holes 
And now there has been just an explosion of devices. And so what I think I provide people is how do we avoid the rabbit holes? Because I've done it with chronic pain and polytrauma, the, the most, I would think some of the most difficult situations. And I've been down all the rabbit holes enough times to know where they are. So um, yeah, I think I think we could have uh, a future offline conversations. So Bob, he's talking about you need a consultant, you need a business partner. That's what he that that's that was that's what he just dropped in that. All right, you know which which is true because because you know it's after about a year you'd figure out what he's actually talking about. It's like oh okay, this pattern means something or this one doesn't. But but right now yeah, you, all your debt you know people love. Big data. I think you mentioned something about you know you're doing big data analytics. Yeah, you know, with enough big data, I could prove anything. You know, so could you. It's not you know, and so unless you've got someone who has got the right way of analyzing those big data. I mean, my my space is looking at a relationship between concussions and long term dementia and problems like that. Right? You know, and the the, the big craze that's out there. And you know, through big data analytics, we've got mil literally millions of unique individuals. That, that we have decades of their data and we're able to prove literally anything is hey, caused Bob, by a concussion, I, you know, but we need, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I want to compliment you, Bob. You're a fantastic listener. He is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling and nodding. I'm not really understanding anything. I cashed out about 50 minutes ago, so. <laughs> He's got a spinal cord stimulator. He's happy as anything right now. He's just getting shocks every now and then, you know? Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Move that little to the left. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I, I, I think it would be wise for the two of you to to, to talk about that for, for from the business platform standpoint, especially in the virtual world, because it's a way of connecting, right? You know, you're connected. You can say, you know, here, here's what we've, we've uh, seen in your data before we engage with you guys. And people are like, oh, right, I don't sleep well. And, you know, I, I feel run down at 4 p.m. And you can see that in the data. Additionally, you need to link up with the other Ron because bringing true art into and, and you know, that type of creativity into these ad lib sessions in addition would, would be amazing. Because to see the CEO or the medical director or somebody who feels comfortable with, with there's a new Play-Doh I just heard on the radio that, that actually smells like adult things now. So instead of the cool stuff, it smells like leather or it smells like- I, I preferred you just to keep that in you know, right, right. Like So I won't tell you what it smells like, but, 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 but have adult smelling uh, Play-Doh that the CEO is make or clay that the CEO is made or, or, or he's, strum or he's playing at kazoo or he's doing a drum circle i feel like there should be an hr moment here at any time <laughs> heart, rate, <laughs> heart rate or human resources oh yeah <laughs> human research him, okay, human this research. is going crazy now it's not even my podcast i'm like am i in trouble i feel <laughs> like i'm in trouble am i going to be in trouble <laughs> never convicted just keep saying that never convicted right right so far I'm not always right, but I'm always sure. Okay, that's kind of my that's my approach to life. I say, I say it with confidence. <laughs> I like I like shield your ignorance with arrogance. Oh, well, that's that's somebody else. Yes, yeah, that could be me actually. No, uh, by the way, petulant means bad tempered. All right, I looked it up. Bad tempered. Okay, what is pentagogic? It, it, it means that there's five. That it's based on five main notes. Right. Yeah. All right. 
All right, Bob, we've learned a lot. No, and, 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 and thank you for tolerating us and but for sharing your vision. It's awesome. Thanks it's for having me. This, is, this has been easily the most unpredictable conversation podcast that I've ever been a part of. I know you mean that in a bad way, but I mean that in the best way. Like, all right, <laughs> that's awesome. Came on, and we were on already. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. I don't even know if we're on camera or not. I'm not. Intros are for sissies. Oh, Intros right. are for sissies, man. Don't worry about uh, that. Yeah. I have full comp. He takes it, puts it on me. <laughs> I have full confidence you can handle it. Oh, and then some. No, and then some. Your 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 white matter connectivity is through the roof right now, baby. It's crazy how much you're just. I don't know what's happening, but I think it's good. I think it's good. <laughs> I think improvisers as a whole, as a whole, have a pretty high level of white matter, right? Oh, uh, but that was Robin Williams' problem. It was actually coming outside his brain. He had so much. He was oh, insane. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that that is actually some people say it's one of the reasons that people turn to that is because they've got so many demons in there, you know, and they kind of get him out. He obviously didn't do, wasn't able to capture that fully. But uh, Pass, I think the best improver ever. But who knows? I think what a great performer. I mean, yeah. there's, he is one of the people that I would point to to point out that solo improvisers use the audience. Oh, yeah. Because oh, he'll, yeah. he'll say something, the audience will respond. He'll respond to the audience, respond to him. The audience will respond again. And there's the collaboration right there. He was also good for having people outside his head he was collaborating with, his multiple voices and stuff. Yeah, exactly. that, that helps to fill up the stage as well. Yeah. That was good. But Bob, before Ron does his goodbye, thanks thanks for spending time with us. I'm not doing the goodbye. All right, uh, I, I think it was just fantastic. If you haven't read the book, yes and, all right, or is it no but? Yeah, but yes and uh, by, by Bob Culhane, please, please, please go out and read it. It's fantastic. It's about the use of improvisation in the business setting and, and how to have positive uh, engagement. Um, and I think you should just read more about it. But Bob, really, thanks for spending time with us. I still don't get the sombrero or the kneeless person, but I'm glad you somehow met him in an airport. I think uh, I think the rest is history. So it's good spending time with you, man. You know what? Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for plugging getting to Yes And. I appreciate that as well. Uh, and this was great. So thank you. All the best. Take All care, right. folks. It was great thank to meet you. you. We'll look forward to talking in the future. Yeah. Thank you. Dr. C, thank you, Ron. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. All the, all the best. Thank you to Bob Colhan for joining Dr. G and Dr. C today on the Abstract Doctors podcast. For more information on Bob, please visit bobcolhan.com. The Abstract Doctors is produced by The Abstract Athlete. For more information on podcasts, events, and subscription boxes, please visit theabstractathlete.com. And as always, follow us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors and The Abstract Athlete. The office is now closed, but join us for our next appointment when Dr. G and Dr. C speak with PhD and Principal Director at Accenture, Amir Bagopur.